Let the celebration begin. Come to Cabela's 4th of July sale and gear up for Independence Day. Get 50% off Cabela's American Flag Chairs 2-Pack and 50% off a Caravan 10-foot by 10-foot shelter. Plus, get 40% off an Abu Garcia Cardinal Sapphire Spinning Combo and 10% off all in-stock canoes and kayaks. Don't miss Cabela's 4th of July sale, in-store and online at cabelas.com. Welcome to Real GM Radio. I'm Danny LaRue, your host. So happy to have you with us. This is one of my favorite podcasts of the year. It is the over-unders with Arturo Galetti of Basketball Numbers. It's something I did last year with him and absolutely enjoyed. And the timing worked out pretty fortuitously because we ended up doing this closer to the start of the season, which means we get to talk about the way that the lines moved. So it works to me as a companion for the one that I did with Nate Duncan on the Dunked On Basketball podcast because... These are with very different lines, and you'll hear it with a couple teams that it meaningfully changed it. This is the Eastern Conference, and since this was the one we recorded first, we did a little bit of an intro explaining how we do this, so I'm going to let that speak for itself. This part runs about an hour 15. Hope you like it. Thank you so much for coming on. Ah, it's, it's a pleasure to be on. I, I haven't actually been on a podcast in six months, so it's, it's, it's almost a, it's a comeback tour for me. Yeah, it's, it's fun, and this is was one of my favorite podcasts that we did almost a year ago, and to give people the... Actually, do you want to give people the basic lowdown of how we do this? Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at where the Vegas line sits now. So the, the idea is Vegas is very, very sharp. They're very smart, and they generally set the lines at the right place. And what we're looking for is places where we disagree or slightly disagree, and when there's value, and I think we're just going to talk through that. A couple things to keep in mind is generally the shift in, so if you, if you pick your team within plus or minus six wins, you're going to be right about, that's from last year, you're going to be right about 70% of the time, right? And generally like when you have large shifts, it's like because a major talent has moved or because some team is in the tank or something weird has happened or LeBron James decides to change his address, right? These are the reasons where like you have large shifts. So I think what we'll do is, I mean, we're going to talk through this and then kind of give what Vegas thinks, what the money's thought, what the models that we've done kind of think, and then kind of give our opinion. I mean, I think, and we'll see it when we get to the first team. Like, you know, sometimes there are little things that don't necessarily come up in the numbers, and we talk those out, and there's some real value. Yeah, I think that's a good way of, of putting it. And where we're starting, what we're going to do is we're going to go bottom to top in each conference, and bottom of the East is the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, hey, go ahead. I want to say, like, we, we, there's a great, I mean, like, we've been doing, I've been doing this, uh, for a while for running the over-unders, and I, it's been, uh, the, the Sixers, uh, over has been very good to me, and I, I have no reason to back off. Like, that 20 number is a very silly number for more than a couple reasons. Um, one, I, I think that team is actually demonstrably better than they were last year. I mean, they were playing like a 26 win team. Noel was actually kind of a good player. They added Okafor who's a good player. I don't think they, their incentive, if you look at their kind of draft picks, their draft incentives are a little strange. They're not necessarily need, they don't need to tank basically this year. I mean, they've got enough talent where like they don't need to have like a terrible record. And I think 
people kind of don't realize that Philadelphia was very purposely doing something. They, if you play really fast and you're really bad, you can inflate your loss total. And I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. They, they were starting to slow it down last year. They're better defensively. I think this team, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be a great team. I'm saying that, and my model's saying like they're, they're putting them in between 21 and 27 wins, right? And right now that number is at 20. I think that they're not. I mean, I think that they're at the point where like they're going to actually compete, and I wouldn't be surprised if they really kill that 20 win number. I mean, you, you might be sweating it, but I think the over is really nice here. Something that you mentioned that I think is really important with this is 20 is a really low number. There are teams that fall below that. Minnesota did last year. Minnesota had 16 and the Knicks and the Sixers, but a lot of those were kind of disaster years, and 20 is an aberrationally bad year. And while the Sixers are bad, they're not that heinously bad. And I think that's important in this in this case. And so, yeah, they won 18 games last year. 20 is the number. I'm from what I can tell it sounds like you and I are both on the over here. Yeah, no, I think we're both on the over. And I think like and you mentioned something that's really important, right? You can if you go go to basketball reference or go to any place where you can see the records and look at situations where you see over like we see teams under 20 wins and you can generally find there's something strange going on when somebody goes under 20, right? Some incentive, you know, somebody's told to take an early vacation. Some weird crap is going on. And I, what I'm just saying is, like, look, I think this team, it's the right place for it to compete. They have, like, I mean, there's a real chance that, like, on a majority of nights, they're going to have the uh, the two best big men on the court, right? And and that's, you know, I mean, I don't, they don't, they don't have any guards, but, but you know, when you have two talented bigs like Noel's and, and Okafor, it, it's really hard for me to, to see him, like, not winning 20 games, right? They're also well coached, and they're going to be overlooked every time. They're They're going to be the team that, everybody's ignoring to watch everybody else, and I think that's enough to really propel them. I mean, think about 20 wins. If a team wins 21 games, they're going 21 and 61. That's pretty so, remarkable. I've been watching a lot. Of, I mean, I, you know, because, you know, we, we, we had money riding on the over for this team, and we we, we watch a lot of the, of the games for the Sixers, and I, you know, I, I enjoyed watching the Sixers. It, it is not a bad basketball product. If you're watching it on League Pass, they generally compete now. They fall out, but but I think that they're going to be more competitive this year. Simply because I, I do think, like, if you look at the talent on the roster, this is actually starting to look like a promising roster. I wish they had somebody who could handle the ball, but <laughs> but but I think that they have enough size where they, you know, I mean, and again, I mean, Hinky might find somebody. I'm disappointed they couldn't get somebody like Huertas on the team, but we'll get to Huertas in a bit. Or Jeremy Lin. I mean, oh, I Jeremy, Jeremy Lin would have been great for Philadelphia. It would have been so much fun. But I think we can move on because obviously there's nothing we need to talk about with title odds or division odds with them. And the next team is one that won a lot more games last year, the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, we don't need to talk about if they got better or worse. They won 38 last year. Their over-under is 28. The question is, did they get that much worse? Well, here's the thing. You know who my numbers say the worst player to play any significant amount of minutes in the NBA ever is? Bargnani, right? Yeah, Andrea Bargnani, no former number one pick. Now they added Bargnani. Bargnani's banged up, so he might not play that much. But you know, if he's if he is significantly involved with this team, uh, I I I, I kind of have to like the under. Now it's very tight. I mean, I think Vegas set it at the right number, which is twenty eight. I think they're going to try. the The money's actually been on them on the under for this team, but I don't know that it necessarily kind of it's a dangerous under because I mean you you're always kind of the fault bet. Is going under, but generally, 
because basically what happens is Vegas sets the line high, and so, so they because they, people like to bet over. And so I would conservatively bet the under on this team, but I, it, you know, I probably wouldn't put my money down because I don't know that Bargnani plays enough minutes to take them under. If Bargnani plays, plays a full season, this is a cake under. There are two other huge components here. One is that they don't have their pick, so that means they have zero incentive to tank. It's the reverse of a team like the Lakers or the Mavericks, which we'll get to later. And secondly, one of the things that we'll talk about a lot during this that I like to think about is kind of a best-case, worst-case scenario. And so Brooklyn's best-case scenario, because the East is so bad, I think there's an outside, outside, outside chance, especially with the Hornets losing MKG, that they make the playoffs. I'm not expecting it. I think there's an outside chance. But their worst-case scenario is far below 28. You think about something paralleling the Knicks last year. They're a little bit better than that, and Melo was hurt. We don't know about Brook Lopez, so it's maybe not that bad, but it's definitely in the low 20s. So when you see something with that big a variance, I would always lean towards staying away. But don't they? But they don't own their pick. That's the thing with me. It's like, so like as a Celtics fan, I'm rooting for the under. Like as a Celtics fan, I was excited when the Nets signed Andrea Bargnani because I was like, damn, we're going to get like we're going to get a lottery pick in Boston next but year. But I was thinking about this, and I knew that you'd have a thought on this. That how lucky they got that Flip Saunders wanted Kevin Garnett because you know that's if memory serves, that's how they got how they got Thaddeus Young. And if they hadn't gotten Thaddeus Young, this team would be even worse than they are now, and the Celtics would be getting an even better pick. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of a secret. I mean, again, I, I wish I knew, but this team is kind of so I, you don't know what the hell Billy King's going to do. But I would, I, you know, I would, I think that gun to my head, I would bet that this team is worse at the end of the season than it is now, and I think that under is cake because I do think their division is going to be rougher, better than than, than it looks. I actually like all the teams in the division better than the over. I, I think I, I, I in general like the Atlantic, except for the Nets. Right. And, and I mean that I like them against what Vegas is picking them. Mm-hmm. And anything else you want to say on the Nets? Uh, no. I, I say it's like, you know, the, 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 we'll talk about it, but like the, imagine Thunder could have had like, uh, Brooke Lopez for the same money they'll, they'll pay, they, they, they're paying, uh, Cantor. Yeah, that's that's something to think about. I was I was thinking about the about if they had used those resources to try to get Powell, considering where the where the Bulls were. But that's a separate thing. We'll move on to the Knicks. The Knicks had a season from hell. I think is probably the best way to put it to use a trademark Bill Simmons phrase. But they won 17 games last year. They're over under at this point, having seen some significant movement, is now at 28 and a half. Actually, I was gonna say I was gonna say about this. So you're on the under for the uh, under or over for the Nets? I'm on the over, but I wouldn't bet it at all. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, over, over, but don't touch. It's yeah. like I, I must say, I think we both on the on the same page. It's like don't touch it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're both. It's kind of like fifty-five or forty-five percent one way or the other. And so when you're right. that unsure, you shouldn't put money on it. On the Sixers, would you put money on the Sixers? Go on the Sixers over. If I bet on basketball, I'd consider it. I don't think it's the best bet on the board, but I think it's a decent one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna put a note saying I'm basically writing this down. I'm saying we both think it's. I mean, I think it's good. I yeah. think it's a good bet. I think twenty is a good bet. I think the Knicks and I said this. The Knicks are always the Vegas always gets the Knicks wrong. I love the Knicks. I think the Knicks over is is cake. Have you seen the Porzingis video by the way? Which one? The the rap video. I have. It's magnificent. Oh, oh, my goodness, we have to link that. That is the best. They should play that every time he makes a basket during the season. That should be playing at, like, at the Garden. It is amazing. I, I mean, I love everything that, that filled it. And, he, and here's the thing, and this is underrated. Andrea Wignani was their starting center for a significant portion of last season. 
they now have Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez is a legitimate, like, NBA quality center. Like, I would say he's a, you feel comfortable saying he's a top 10 center. So they added him. Mel's healthy. They have Calderon back. They have talent on this team. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be a great team, but I think that 28, no, that 28, it's gone down, uh, three, three, three wins. And I would have taken the Knicks over at 31 and a half. I really would have. I'm not as high on them as you are, but I think yeah, that 28 and a half is really low. You think about what the what the Kings did last year. So the Kings had a really rough go of it. They won 29, and but, but, so I think that that's that that's there. My issue with the Knicks is I have trouble, other than Melo, really seeing how they beat people. They don't have a they don't have a good enough defense. They have better offensive rebounding. Robin Lopez can help with that, but. I have trouble, like, for me, this isn't as clear. I think it's more of a stay away, but I do see why you're optimistic. I mean, come on. They, I mean, they've got Calderon, right? Like, you, you've got two guys who can, who can pass and move the ball and Calderon. And Lopez can pass the ball, too. I mean, I think the ball movement will be really good on this team. I think Melo is, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Melo fan in the world, obviously, but I think he's way better than what they had before. And, and again, I think this team has talent, and I think that Phil is moving in the right direction. I do think that it would be really interesting spot for them, and, and I've said this. I think they should move Mello. And before the Knicks fans get crazy, I actually do think that they would be better off getting pieces for Mello because I think I, I've said this. Mello is the is a is a rich man's third banana, right? And, and 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 like he's the third best guy on a championship team, on the right championship team. I think he's not the guy who's carrying your team, and. He's kind of wasted on the Knicks, right? And, and I think the problem is also, you know, he's also getting to the point where like he's older and, 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 and this is kind of the wrong fit for him. But if you can move him for like four or five parts and plug it into this roster, I really like kind of what they have. And again, it, it's because it's a 28 number. I would never take them at 41, but a 28 and a half, I love the over for this team. One other thing to mention, we talked about this with the Nets. New York does not have their pick, which is another incentive because they had a pick swap with Denver but they traded their pick out of the pick swap to Toronto because of the aforementioned Andrea Bargnani. So, again, this is a team to talk about that they have no incentive to lose. So they don't, you know, even if they, you know, theoretically blow it up, which is, of course, a possibility. You know, if they got an offer for Melo, I agree with you. I think they should take it. Yeah, but, but if, if they traded Melo, if they traded Melo, let's say they trade, and, and let's say it's a hypothetical trade with, like, say, the Bulls, and they get Miratic and Taj Gibson back. I don't think they would get either of those guys. Like, I, I think Melo's, I mean, you, maybe they get Taj because Taj is maybe potentially you, superfluous. You think they can't get, I mean, like, and, and I put this out on Twitter and people were like were, were mad at me, but I was like, you know, it, 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 I mean, it's really sad that you can't Mel, you can't get Miritic back for, 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 uh, for Melo. Well, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I think that Miritic is, well, so Melo is, at this point in his career, in his life, I'm not sure that he is a net, Asset at, at his current contract. Let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say, okay. So let let's let's hypothetically trade Melo, right? So uh, kind of like how you guys do when you're doing the uh, in, in, you're doing the uh, the contracts. Let's say, okay, Daryl Morey calls Phil Jackson up and say, let's get this done. I want to win the title. Uh, give me Melo. So what does it take to get Melo from Phil? Is it is it Arisa and and Monte Yunus and Capella and 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 Terrence Jones? I think it's as much salary as it takes to get the deal done, and that's it. I don't think they get but, any extra assets. But I, if you 
if you take if you take the Knicks right and and you take Melo away and you give them Ariza like, and Brewer Ariza and and Monte and Monte Yunus and like Capella and Terrence Jones, isn't that a better team? That's an interesting. Basically, your idea is that to get enough money to make the trade feasible, they'd be getting enough value to make the trade workable. Right. I think and, that and, I think that's a very interesting point that I hadn't considered. And what happens is, like, keep in mind, what happens with the Knicks, is, it's a situation where, like, you know, it isn't as much the fact that you're taking Melo off the one spot. It's the fact that you're giving these minutes to all these parts who get back who will be decent parts who will take them from, like, the crap at the bottom of the roster. They're right? also super shallow, which, again, feeds, feeds that right. point. Which is, like, so it makes it a better team. So I do think that, like, this is a team where, like, I like the over, and I like the over more if they make a blockbuster trade. Because I do think that, like, if they make a blockbuster trade, it'll make them more solid across the board. Right. And, and I already like some of the parts that are there. I, I think we're... Anything else on the Knicks? I think we're about done. No, I think we're about done on the Knicks. What okay. do you think of... So we have... I, I don't I don't love it. I, I see a little bit of disaster potential with them. 28, but at the same time, 28 is a, is a low number. It's a stay away for me. My instinct is that they're going to go under it. But I... Again, I see the optimism. I just... I'm not there yet. They also play in the Titanic. I mean, it's, it's they do, but I think that the the Raptors and the Celtics will be competitive enough that I don't think they'll win too many of those games. I'm not going to say they'll win zero, but they won't win too many. Uh, yeah, the one the one thing that would scare me about that is if like if like Isaiah Thomas ended up in control of that that team, and, the, and that case, and all bets are are off. Well, yeah, and and they can't really do a fire sell because they don't have anybody to fire sell. So that well, I mean, helps. the trade asset the trade asset is is mellow, and and, and I do think. And I do think we're in a season where, like, with the with the uh, the nuclear wars going on in the in the West, and you know, and and the fact that like the contracts are getting kind of ridiculous, that that even even that ridiculous mellow contract is not something that couldn't get moved. I, I do think well, that the you, issue there is is no trade. I mean, if you have to have the right situation, so I think that the, you're right that the West probably makes more sense just because those teams have more expensive talent and they have more incentive, but. Yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna depend on you know on on him wanting to go to the right circumstance because he can veto anything. Yeah, I do think that he's the most interesting piece trade piece. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's the second most interesting trade piece out there. We'll we'll talk about the most interesting trade piece in a bit. I'm scared, but I know who I think I know who you're getting at. But we'll move on to Charlotte. Charlotte last year won 33 games. I think it was a rough, very rough season for them. They don't have Lance Stevenson anymore, but they also don't have Michael K. Gilchrist because he injured his shoulder. He's out for the year. And so their their numbers moved a little bit, but it's still at thirty one and a half. Yeah, you. I think you really liked this team when when we when we first started talking about the over unders. Yes, and uh, Nate and, and I, Nate and I both did. That has since changed a little bit because they lost one of their best players, and they don't really you know they didn't really have a suitable replacement because they traded Matt Barnes. But I still think they're better than they were last year. Uh yeah. But I mean, they were a thirty three win team last year. I think. Uh, the rest of their division got got better. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not sure about the Wizards, but we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, I mean, the problem the, the problem with this team is they can play defense, but they could they can't hit a shot in the ocean, right? That that was the problem with this team. And they traded the best kind of offensive piece in. Uh, they let Josh McRoberts go, and and, and 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 people may be thinking I'm weird about this, and no, no, but McRoberts can move the ball. And this is actually simple. We'll talk about Miami in a bit, but. He can move the ball. He could get them kind of better offense. And now, and you know, they replaced him with Lance, and that was a problem. And now, I mean, they—I mean, I like the Lynn addition, and I think he's kind of the complete exact opposite of Lance Stevenson. Uh, 
in terms of, of what he brings to the table. So how are they, so the problem is like, so you've got Lynn on the floor, you've basically made your defense worse, but you, I mean, where's their, where's their offensive punch? Where are they getting the point? Where are they getting the buckets? I mean, that's, that's my question. It's always been my question for this team. And you take MKG out of it, and so their defense is not as good. So I, I mean, I think I agree with you in that, like, I, I slightly like the over. The model kind of, the model has him slightly over, but I would stay the hell away. I like the over. I think that they're better defensively than they should be. They're one of those, it's one of those examples in basketball where I don't know why they're so good defensively, but they've showed it enough that I'm willing to give them the credit. Steve Clifford has done a wonderful job as a defensive coach. And they have so many lottery tickets, I guess is probably the best word for it, at the positions where they're weak, particularly at power forward, that I'm going to rely on the, the logic that somebody will work. And I think that they have enough with everybody else. And when you have a season as rough as the one they just did, and you you could do that poorly and still win the bet, I feel I don't feel as great about it as I did before. But I, and it's not you know one of my best bets anymore. But I still feel like they're going to win more games than thirty two, thirty two or more actually. So you like it, but you don't love it. Yes, that is that would be the best way to put it. And I wouldn't touch any of their other odds with a ten foot pole just because that's going to be way too hard for them. Yeah, I mean I think. Of the teams we've seen so far, none of them are. We we haven't liked the comp. We, you know, there's the title odds, the conference odds, and the division odds we're looking at. None of these are are a good value. So it's like some we'll, we'll get to some, but right now none of these is a good value for that. Well, so we'll move on to the Magic. The Magic last year won 25 games. They had you know it was a season that had some reason for optimism, and their their over under was originally at 32 and a half. Now it is at 34 and a half, and that was jarring to me. But I'll let you talk first. I love the under. Love it. Love it. Could not love it more. And again, the reason is, I mean, here's the thing. I like Orlando. I think they'll, they're a fun team to watch. They've got some exciting young pieces, but they're not quite ready yet. Uh, they change coaches, right? Yeah, they have Skiles, who, but what, what are the things that people don't think about with them is, Yes, they were really bad defensively. They were underratedly terrible defensively. But they were bottom six offense and defense, and they're bringing back largely the same team. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're on the side where age-related time passage is a very good, big positive for them because their guys are young and raw. I think I think 32.5 was a nice number for them, right? When the, where they That's where they started. Now at 34.5, it's, it's, it's love the other. I mean, I think I, I, like the, the, the stat model thinks they're... They're about a 28 to 29 win team. I think there's, as I said, if at 32, at 32 and a half, I would have been like, uh, you know, the same thing you're saying. They're, they're going to improve with age. It's, but at 34 and a half, I'm, I'm like, no, you, you gotta, you gotta go with the under. Yeah, I mean, I mean Miami I, won 37 last year. And I granted they were better than their record because they just had so many injuries. But this team is on pure talent. They're not better than any of the teams we're going to talk about next. They're, they're could be good, but. I don't think their talent level is anywhere close. Well, it's close, but and it's not stronger than the Pistons or the Pacers, and it's not like they have better coaching either. If the Hornets and the Magic played a hundred games, how many games do, do? How many games does each win? I think the Hornets win fifty-five. We just said we don't love the over on Charlotte, so it, it, like it, like three extra wins. I mean, I love the under on on, on, on Orlando. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I think that's really all we need to say with them, though. Uh, we can so Detroit team we just I just mentioned because I think that's relevant to this discussion. Detroit won thirty two. Their biggest wholesale change, in some ways, was the removal of Greg Monroe, but also the implementation of players that make sense with Stan Van Gundy's system. And 
their number has gone up meaningfully from 33.5 to 36 flat. The sharp money is all. And when I say the sharp money, is like all the smart bettors are betting on or were betting on Detroit early at the 33.5 number. 33.5 was hilariously low. 33.5 was like, that was that was Christmas money. That's free money. That team, people forget that team was really good at one point and just they lost. They, they got hurt. But they, they started making a charger, started playing much better. I think that, I mean, Stan is a brilliant coach. He's arguably one of the, I, I, I'd say he's top three in the, in the league and, 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 and he's a smart guy. He's, he's building a team the right way around it. I think this team is a shoe in for 500. I think they're, they're going to get a 500. So at 33 and a half, it was a laughable number. 36 is a little rougher, but I still like it. My model has him at 35 and a half and then the Winchers has a 41. I, I think that's slightly low. Stan is one of those coaches that will make players better because he'll get them taking smarter shots, right? So I think that's a slightly better. As I said, I would have loved it to 33 and a half. At 36, I like it, right? I like the over. I don't love it. It's If a couple of the other teams in that division weren't banged up, I'd like it less, but I like the over for this team. I do too, and almost to echo it, I like it, I don't love it anymore. At 33 and a half, that's pretty ridiculous, just because that's basically what they did last year, and they should be better. I mean, it's another year with a good coach. That's a huge adjustment for them, and their talent is better suited. They got Reggie Jackson, who I think had good chemistry with Drummond. I think they paid him too much money, but he's still good. And at this point, how much you pay somebody doesn't really matter in terms of what you predict the record, because the roster is the roster. Do we like it or do we love it? The over. I don't love it. I like it. I love if it was if it was still at thirty three and a half, I would love it. But that's a big jump because now what happened before is at thirty three and a half, I or thirty at thirty three and a half, I think some of their worst case scenarios were still a win. Now their worst case scenarios put you in the losing category. So that to me is what takes it from love to like. You know what I love about about the Pistons? What? I love ten thousand to uh I love ten thousand uh one one hundred uh paying ten thousand on, on, on them winning the division. Interesting. Yeah, I mean Cleveland I think is gonna be better, but at the same point that's so much money. It's a hundred to one. I mean it's like it's like a couple of years ago we, we ran the uh, we, we ran the uh the Raptors and it it was, it was fun. There there was something like like uh, I think it was like sixteen to one and it was just it was great. Uh and, and I I like it. I mean again I think Partly because of how I feel about the rest of the teams in that conference, and partly that I feel that Cleveland necessarily, won't necessarily care. So, I mean, if if Stan is one year ahead of schedule and he gets the right play, I could see this team. I mean, it, it would take them winning like 47, 48 games and, and a couple other things breaking their way. But, I mean, 100 to 1, I think that's a really nice bet, a division bet. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one, and we'll move on to another team in the same division. The Indiana Pacers, without mostly without Paul George last year, won 38 games. It started at 42 and a half. It has since moved down to 40. I have or 40 and a half. Sorry, that that changes it pretty substantially for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at 42 and a half, I would have liked liked the under, not loved it. I would have liked it. Although, kind of the windshares model kind of doesn't like this team at all. There's, I mean, like. Roy Hibbert is an underestimated asset. Like basically, so who's covering? Who's protecting the rim for this team now? No one. I mean, Mahimi's actually not terrible at rim protection. He just doesn't bring much else. Yeah, but they're gonna play. I mean, they're gonna play. They're gonna have uh, George playing at the four. I, I, and, I and yeah, that's the issue is that they don't I have kinda, the support and their perimeter defenders other than George Hill. So like basically, the the two and the three, assuming they play George at power forward, are not going to be strong defenders. I, I love their coach. I think he's a brilliant coach. Uh, 
I think that this team might be in trouble, and I think this might be the last run with this incarnation. I mean, I could see this kind of just blowing up in everybody's faces. Uh, that said, at 40 and a half, I, I think that, you know, just on muscle memory, they can get the 40 and a half. I mean, they got the 38 last year, and, and the roster, like, the roster for Indiana last year was a crime. I mean, it's hard for me not to see them at 40 and a half, but I would, I would not touch, I mean, I'd, I'd tentatively to to go over, uh, I think they're actually gonna win 41 games, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't touch this with a 10 foot pole. I like the under, but it's the most tepid like I can give. You know, it's 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 not in that 45. I'd say you know more like a 60 percent one for me. The issue is that I don't see them having an identity anymore. This is a situation where what they did so well is something that I don't think they can replicate. This isn't a circumstance like with Clifford we talked about where I give their I give them deference in terms of their defense. I don't do that for Vogel because he just had David West and Roy Hibbert there, and they're gone. Yeah, you guys can't see me writing, but I'm writing stay away in giant bold. Yeah, stay stay away. Like I, I'm not saying, oh, you should put much money on it, but I, I'm writing it. it if it, if it, you it, could it, short, I, you, I know you can't, but if you could short title odds, I think that might be my favorite title odd to short on the board. <laughs> it's fifty to one. I mean, like, I mean, I like Paul George. I mean, I think there's 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 a world where like Paul George takes over. I think he's great, but the problem is like the rest of this roster is just so bad. I, I see no but, way for them to win a title. I mean, he's, what team in the West a, I, that well, makes the playoffs are they better than? It's like, wait a second, win a title? Do you? Do you, I mean, how do you see them making the playoffs? It's like, how are they making the playoffs in the East? I can see them making the playoffs if they go five hundred. Five hundred might be enough to do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I don't think five hundred gets gets you in this year. I mean, like I think that like just I think that like you might have four teams in the southeast that are like a five hundred or better, and then like I think that you know you can have two in the uh, Atlantic, and then you can have three in the in the central. I mean, you're obviously going to have some bad teams in the bottom of both conferences, but I don't think I don't think this is a year where five hundred gets you in the east. I, I just I, I think you're you're going to have to win forty two games or more. I think. That's my feeling. So I mean, ah, uh, I mean, I think I, 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 hard for me to talk against uh, Larry Legend, but I think that I mean, I don't know how they make this roster work. I, I just can't see it. I mean, it has to be Paul George feels it, but even then, we haven't seen a team that dominated by a singular player move into that realm, into the even plus five hundred in a little while. I mean, we might see it this year, but there's going to be some challenge. But are you, you ready to move on to Boston? Yeah. Would you rather have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi. Yeah, Especially it, because Paul George, I mean, while he's played well in the limited amount we got to see him since his injury, there's a substantially more uncertainty with him than with Kawhi. Oh, I'd love, I'd love, I'd, I'd love Kawhi playing the four. I mean, I think that's, I mean, and, and Pop throws it out sometimes. I think that would actually be interesting. He would, he would murder people just because of his hands and his length. But well, but he can I, and he can dribble. I, I think both of them have it. But what the San Antonio has is they have complementary talent to make that work. To Pacers don't. You know yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to put you're going to put Zach Randolph on CJ Miles? Yes. Who cares? That's not a problem. You can't if you depending on what you do with San Antonio. San Antonio can put guys who can dribble, guys who can penetrate, guys who can shoot out there, which means that you like what the Warriors did to them that you can't compensate in the same way. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think I think we're both agreed. I mean, yeah. I, we stay stay the hell away from that one. Yeah, stay away. I mean, cuz even though I like the under, I still would I wouldn't feel comfortable betting against Paul George or Frank Vogel. This is the year, but what I I am completely open to the possibility that it all falls apart this year. 
Yeah, they might they might blow it up. I think that's that's Paul George might not be playing for this team next year. Like, oh, see, I don't that's... think they're going to trade him because I just I can't imagine a trade that would be that would be workable. I I like Paul George. I, Paul George to me, it's it's one of those things like if a player could if, voice a trade demand and they would actually be traded, that would what, happen. But I don't think it'll. What if the Celtics back up the lottery picks? Yeah, but I mean, what are the odds with the Celtics picks? I mean, if if the Celtics back up the lottery picks and the Nets are playing terribly, that's, that's then that's, you start to think a, about it. Yeah, that's what, that's what I say. I mean, like there there are scenarios where it, where it could happen. I mean, it, it's I, I mean like, and I don't want to get hate mail from Pacers fans. I'm just kind of going like I just look at this roster and go like I mean I think Vogel did a fantastic job. I think he's he's fabulous. I just don't see. I mean, he just doesn't have enough. He doesn't have enough weapons, and that's it's just a problem. Well, and the guys they added are basically all bad defenders. So they didn't replace, you know, they didn't even try to come close to replicating or anything like that. They just went with a different model, and I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, just, it, no, no. Boston, team near and dear to your heart. Last <sighs> year they won 40 games. This started at 42.5, a little bit of sharp money, pushed it to 43.5. They played like a forty, and part of the reason is they played like a forty-nine win team the second half of the season. They're actually pretty good, and and they actually, I mean, if you they added talent, so this is a team that actually got better in the off season. They have depth. I and again, I've I'm not going to talk about their what they did in the draft because. And, and do you remember? I was like uh, myself and the uh, and Snotty were both kind of just like shaking our hands and wringing our our our, our hands and like pulling our hair because they they went with Rozier instead of uh, Portis. Yeah, um, but I love R.J. Hunter. Granted, he's not going to play a whole heck of a lot this year. But but do you think that like is there any anybody other than Danny who doesn't draft Portis before Rozier if we did, we didn't draft? Oh right yeah, now? I mean you could they could have gotten Portis and R.J. You know that's <laughs> yeah. not that's not a that's not saying oh well that that justifies it. I actually had so much trouble grading their draft because while and the other issue with it is Rozier doesn't make them better. He's I'm not yeah. saying he's a bad player, but they had zero need for what he does. Yeah, my theory was he basically Danny like is having a midlife crisis and he's drafting guys who just remind him of himself, right? You know, <laughs> we've had, like, we've talked about this for years. This isn't the first time you and I have had this exact conversation. Yeah, it's like, oh God, Danny, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, here's the thing: I like the, I mean, like, and again, it, like caveat, I am a Celtics fan, so I'm probably not objective about this. I like the ro- the roster. I love the coach. I wish they'd gone. They needed to go for a home run ball, and they didn't do it. I thought I thought Portis was a home run ball in the draft. And it kills me that he's very much looking like he's basically looking like he's going to cost like a Taj Gibson his job. Basically, he's he's he just you know lining up and shooting threes. He's he's a really good player. This is not a dig on Rozier. I just you know I don't see why. I mean, like, why do you draft Rozier if you signed Isaiah Thomas to a contract? I mean, I, I, it's a really weird. It's like it's like building a fantasy team and in football and drafting five quarterbacks. I don't. I mean, like, there might be great quarterbacks, but you can't play them all at the same time. And that's kind of a problem with this team. So I think and they, that, and they just traded for Isaiah Thomas with a late first round pick. So it's not like they think his value is going to get super high. It's not like when you talk about drafting five quarterbacks, where if you do that, some other team is going to be desperate for quarterback. Nobody's breaking down the bank looking for a point guard, except for the Phoenix Suns, who just traded that amazing Lakers pick for Brandon Knight. Yeah. So I think part of the problem is like they, like so Brad Stevens is not a tanking coach. No. And 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 actually, I've talked to people in the front office of the Celtics, 
and they've said this, which is like he's exactly the wrong coach if you want to tank. He's not a guy who's going to tank. He's going to win. So I think forty three and a half. I like forty two and a half. I would have slightly liked the over. I think forty four is probably the right number on this team. Here's the thing, and I've said this before. I've said this for the last three seasons for the Celtics. The Celtics are a coin flip. Right, I think they're going to aggressively try to make a move. I think they've been getting assets. I think they've got picks. I think if certain, if any superstar wants to bolt, I think the Celtics are going to try to be the trade partner for it. They're they're kind of they 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 have all the assets to surround somebody, but they don't have that somebody. And I think that's kind of what their goal is. So I think it's like I think they're going to be good and competitive. I, you know, I think that. 43 is about right, right? So, I mean, like, that's, I think, where they're going to be. So, I mean, I, I think I would say that I slightly like the under because I really like Brad Stevens. But, again, this is another stay away because you, you don't know. I, I don't think that there's any chance that this is the, the roster they have now. I think that there's a good chance that about 20% of these players aren't here come February. I like the over, and I like it a meaningful amount. I don't love it, but I like it a lot because – you talked about how they can make moves. I see every one of their moves making them better because what they what they have in terms of assets are future assets. And so I think that they could do that to get better. This, as you said, was a team that was basically a 49-win team after the deadline. They have a great coach. The sticking point with them is that they weren't as good as their record. And set, like they, they, It doesn't seem like they're as good as their record. But just like I talked about with Steve Clifford, the point differential was it was as good as a 49-win team. Yeah, so I guess, I guess what you say... At, I guess what you say at that point is, you know, like, whether or not you think they're talent-wise as good as they played, they did it for a, for a meaningfully long enough stretch. This isn't like the Pistons where it was, you know, a couple weeks. They did it for a long enough stretch where I don't feel, like, I'm confident in Stone Cold Lock, but I think they're about that good. And I think they got meaningfully they had, better. I think Amir had, helps them a lot. They had no center. They literally had no center. And they haven't had a center for two years. And adding David Lee and adding Amir Johnson, right? And and we we both know they have their flaws, but they're both like NBA caliber players, right? And again, David Lee has been an All Star. I mean, I don't think he necessarily is that guy anymore, but he does have some skills. Amir is a kind of a you know he's not. I wouldn't say he's a top ten. He, so like, I'd rather have Robin Lopez than 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 Amir. But I don't think that Amir Amir is a you know he's a he's a He's an above-average center, right? So adding those two pieces to that team with that coach, I slightly like the over. Uh, the, the most important thing to mention here also with that is that they have so much depth at most positions, not everywhere, but at most positions where if a guy isn't good, they don't have to play him anymore. This isn't right. this isn't a team where they're going to be trapped like the Knicks were last year, playing terrible guys. They have probably 13 or 14 NBA-caliber players, and so that means that I mean, I don't love Jared Sollinger, but if he's out of their rotation, he's one of the better players that's not in a rotation. Yeah, what I'm really worried about is somehow, some way, I think it's my fate. It's my karmic fate. You know, I've been having a really good, like, sports year with the Pats and everything else. Somehow, Melo's going to wind up on the Celtics, and I'm going to hate every minute of it. I don't think that's going to happen. You can you can sleep a little bit better, but you ready to move <laughs> on to Milwaukee? Yeah, do you like, do you like the, do you like the uh, division number for them? They're, uh, they're a better 100 win 225 to win the division. Yeah, I do. I think that if you're as positive as I am on their over, that is that seems to me like a better return. Do you like their conference odds? No. Okay. There's only one team that I would ever put money on to win this conference other than the you're getting such a crazy number that you have to consider it. You know, I think that 
I'm a, I'm a little more uh, bearish on that particular team, but we'll we'll get to that. Okay, so Milwaukee, they won 41 last year. Their number was at 43 and a half. Now it is at 44 and a half. And I like the under. It's high. It's, it's high. You know, keep in mind that after they, the people forget this. When they traded for MCW, they stopped being that good. They they were like I was touting them as like you know, their title odds were way too low. But then they kind of made you they, and I loved the Bucks last year. That was one know, of our best calls. We loved we loved them before the season, and I think I didn't like the MCW trade because oh, no, it, the MCW trade was a terrible trade. Terrible trade, and they played like a 35-win team in the second half after the, the the deadline. And 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 my model thinks there's 33. About 30, my model and the win shares model both agree the 33 wins. The money is at 44 and a half, and like I mean, I would have liked the under 43 and a half. At 44 and a half, I'm kind of like, Ugh. now here's the thing, caveat. I, I think that Jason Kidd is a brilliant coach, right? He does magical things with offense and getting people to play. Uh, it's just that is a really high number. Uh, it's more. It's a young team. I mean, again, you're going to add Jabari, but I think it's, it's. I think that at the end of the day, it, I'd be slightly under on this. I think they're going to be about 42, 43 is about right. Yeah, right. this this is this is exactly why I like this number a lot in terms of betting it. Is that it's hard for me to think that they'll be much better than it. So if you think about the universe of options. I think that their like seventy five percent outcome, like so, the better quarter is probably somewhere around where their line is. And so, when you get a num- when you get in that kind of circumstance, that means that you can feel a lot more comfortable betting it. Yeah, I think the problem is like I don't feel comfortable betting against Jason Kidd. I really don't. Right? That's. Mm. I-, I feel comfortable betting it when they're this confident in him, and this team was not that strong. I mean, they they did get better, meaningfully better than they were at after the deadline because they have Jabari coming back. They have Greg Monroe, who I like quite a bit. I think he cures some of what ails them. But I don't think that a team this flawed offensively. Yeah, it comes out comfortable winning. I don't feel comfortable with them winning. You know, winning forty-five games and saying like, "Oh yeah, they're going to do that." They could. I'm not going to say they can't. They most Perfect. certainly can. So let me let me throw a hypothetical out there at you. So season goes on. Indiana decides, "Oh crap, this isn't going to work." And so the they talk to Milwaukee and they trade George Hill for MCW. But yeah, I mean, in, in that kind of a circumstance, then the Bucks get a lot better. But I just don't see the Bucks as a team again that really has assets. You know, the, I think that they are confident enough in their group that they're what I would call pot committed. They're not going to make that kind of a trade unless it's ridiculous. And and the best way to talk about that is they could have gotten the Lakers pick. Instead, they chose MCW. And as much as you and I, if we were GMs, I mean, granted, we also wouldn't have traded for Michael Carter-Williams, but if you have the same people in charge, they're not going to cut bait, even if cutting bait is the right move, this quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that I mean I understand their team concept is they're they're going for for length, right? And I think that they're they're trying stuff. They're trying stuff with Giannis. I mean, I think that they're they. I mean, like, so I think that there's like a ten percent chance that the teams this team wins fifty games or more, or more right? Uh, the bomb is like you know again I, I'm setting the line, and if I'm setting the line at that forty three and a half number, I think that there's like a sixty percent chance that they're forty four and a half. I think there's like a sixty percent chance that they're below it. With the caveat that actually this is one team that they're 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 basically a ball handler away. This is kind of like if they had a slightly if they got a slight upgraded ball handler, 
I would be all over this. If they had traded for Isaiah Thomas instead of Michael Carter Williams. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think here's the thing. Like we, we see this, like you can get a ball handler, right? And, and like, I mean, hell, like Miami went out and got Gordon Drogic. I mean, like you can get a ball handler, like Boston got Isaiah Thomas. Like there will be guys moving at some point in the season. So I think I like, I, I, I go with the under. I don't love it at all. I think this is a stay away situation. I can I can see that. Washington last year they won forty six games. No, they, what do you what do you, do you have the under or over? Oh, Bucks under. Under. Yeah, and do you like it or I like say, it. Say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say stay away. I'm gonna, I'm writing this down so we can we can put yeah. this up later. But like I, I say stay away. I, you say like. Yeah, we should we should put that on. We should put it like on Twitter or something so we can actually search it or you can send it to me in an email. But okay. so we move on to the Wizards. The Wizards are. A 46-win team, that's what they were last year, and their over-under is set at the same number, 45 and a half. And actually, the model hates it. Uh, both models have them at 41 wins. The money's actually moved. It's actually, this team, it, it is not moved. So basically, if they stayed exactly the same, they would hit the over. Now, here's the thing. I'll, I'll say a couple things about this team, which is interesting. So there's some noise around, like, Randy Whitman not running stupid offense uh, during the season. What I mean by that is, like, this is, and you, you know, you, you it, this is your hometown team a little bit, right? Or, or a little bit. My uh, periodic hometown team, yes. Yeah. So you you and I both know that like Randy just ran some of the ugliest offensive sets that you know it's 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 crazy. So I mean like if this team actually starts taking some more shots, they're a better team. I like Beal. I think he's going to be a really good player. I like Wall. I like Gortat. If like if Whitman ever played him in the fourth quarter, so uh, you know I think that even though my model likes the under on this team, I would feel that they. Win forty six games. This this is my feeling is that they're going to get smart. I think Porter gets better. I think, and you saw this in the second half of last season, that this team actually like some of the the key players got better for the playoffs. Uh, I think that I would be at the forty six. I would never ever 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 bet on a Whitman over ever <laughs> ever. Well, so one one other piece of context that I want to put out there is Beal missed a stretch of games. I think he missed about twenty. And we talked about how it's the same number that the Wizards had. It's also very similar to the number that New Orleans had last year. And I think that that, in some ways, for me, is a good barometer because while they don't have an Anthony Davis, they have a lot of talent. And they were a top-five defense last year. They didn't lose anything to me that will make them meaningfully worse on that end. They can't use less of their offensive talent than they did last year. So I, I think they're going to be better. I don't think they're going to be a lot better, which is why I would stay away. But I do think if I if I had to bet it, I would bet the over. Finish this this sentence for me. If John Wall doesn't get hurt in the playoffs. They make the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they make the Finals. No, nah, I mean, every, Randy, every, you're going to pick a Randy Whitman team over a LeBron every, team? Really? If, really? If, if everything happens the same and Kyrie gets hurt, and Kyrie didn't get hurt until oh wait Kyrie was hurt in the in the in the conference yeah, finals too. If Kyrie's hurt and like if, if basically if John if a healthy John Wall is going at like he's going at Matthew Delodova, I, I mean like I, if I'm if I'm looking at that I think that there's a real shot they would have gotten to the finals last year, and it, and it was crazy to think but I mean like they I mean they I mean like it, this was like when the team actually when Whitman got out of this team's way this was a really good team right the, and again like Cavs fan don't get mad I'm not saying that this team is better than the Cavs were last year it's just like the reality of it was the Cavs just you know whether they were a mash unit by the time that the, the Eastern Conference Finals and I think that like. They got lucky, right? And, you know, they got lucky that, like, John Wall got hurt, and they got lucky that the NYPD beat up Thomas Afflosha, 
And so neither of the of their opponents were basically like whole, right? So things broke and we had the finals that we had. But it doesn't really frustrating because I like I think that the worst thing that could have happened to this team was them being so good in the playoffs because that saved Whitman's job. Yeah, I guess. Uh do you like their division odds better or the over under better? Uh no, I hate their division odds. I think that like no, I don't think I don't think there's they're not winning that division. Uh I like their I like their over slightly, but we both think they'll stay away. And I think their their odds it's it's one ninety, that's no. No 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 no. Unless you think they can win the conference, but but no. Okay. Toronto. Toronto won forty nine last year. They were at forty five and a half. Now they are at forty six and a half. They won uh, they won forty nine games last year, and the model thinks they're forty eight win forty eight or forty nine win team. So, model thinks it's slightly over. So here's a question: Is Demar Derozan playing for this team uh, past February? If you and I were the GM, he wouldn't be. I think that this is actually leads me into something. I think that there is a meaningful chance that they overhaul their team midseason because they know what they are. And they could be comfortable with that. I mean, they're getting good crowds. There's a lot of enthusiasm. But I think they are positioned incredibly well for other GMs to get desperate and make a mistake. And you know better than I do that they have exactly the right GM for that to happen. Yeah, I think, like, if we're smart enough to look at the numbers and realize that, like, DeMar DeRozan is the most overrated, like, like perceived good player in the league. Like, the, the Raptors know this as well, right? And, like, DeMar... So... DeMar DeRozan is a free agent tomorrow. What's he getting in the open market? Oh, some team would offer him close to the maximum. I'm not saying I would, but some team I, would. Look at this canner. It's going to be crazy. I think like I think DeMar DeRozan is a legit $100 million player. Like he's going to get a $100 million contract, right? And I think that it I don't think I mean, I don't think there's any world where Masai Uruji is playing paying him $100 million. So I think he's not on this team. So I like the over and I think I Having this discussion and, and, and knowing Masai, I think like I love the over on this team. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say like, not love, right? Because I think that it's a little bit rougher. But I mean, I just don't see any way they don't win 47 games. I mean, I can't, I can't see it. This is our biggest disagreement. I like the under. I don't love it. I, I, I would consider, I would probably stay away from it. But first of all, you have the potential that they trade guys for players who are worse. Secondly, I, I think that they are very, very. Risk. They have a lot of risk because of injury because they don't have quality replacements anywhere. Has Masai ever made a bad trade? Masai can make a trade that makes them a whole lot better for next year and doesn't make them better this year. But name one trade he's done that's done that. Why would he? The Melo trade would probably qualify. No, that that team was better. It was immediately better. The over, like the, the the plus minus were better. That team actually made a run after that. Yeah, you could be right. I I just I also think that. My, I think I'm a little bit lower on them than your model. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I just think we have a difference of opinion on it. But I would stay away. It's not, it's not one of those circumstances where it's like, oh, I think, I think you're completely wrong. I just, I'm not as comfortable with it as you are. Yeah, I think, I think I would. I mean, I, I trust the process, and, and, and I'm saying it for the wrong team, but I trust the process here. I think that, like, Ian, I think that that, that I just don't see this team. Not winning those forty-seven games, I would say. Like, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't love it. I mean, I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna say, I like, I like the over. Okay. Uh, anything else on them? Or you want to move on? No, no. I think we move on. There's nothing. The, the, the division odds for them are like they're like minus three twenty-five. I, I, I don't like that at all. The Miami Heat, they're they won thirty-seven last year. It's their over/under started at forty-five and a half. They're they're at forty-seven and a half now, and I will 
preface this with one thing, which is I would have stayed away from this number unless it was comically ridiculous just because this is the hardest team to put an over-under on in the entire league. Yeah, basically the, 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 numbers, the, the numbers now are saying they're going to be 10.5 uh, wins better than they were last year. God. And really, this is kind of a referendum on, and I think I, I always say this, and I've said this before, I think, on the other podcast, which is start thinking about the, the, what are the, what are the question marks on this team? It's like, so is Dwayne Wade healthy? Like, is, 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 does Chris Bosch have anything left? Who is Justice Winslow? Can, can Hassan Whiteside repeat what he did? Will Gron Dragic, uh, like kind of merge with this, like, with this team? You know, statistically, the model thinks they're about four. Like one of them thinks they're about forty wins, another thinks they're about forty-five. I mean, this team one two five is really talented. I, but again, I think I think the the caveat. So, like, how do you feel about Josh McRoberts? I love Josh McRoberts, right? So, I mean, it's this is a really hard team to call. I think at the end of the day, at forty-five and a half, I would have had the over. At forty-seven and a half. Man, uh, I would. I think this team wins forty-seven games. I mean, uh, that's where I am, and I think that that's assuming that that Dwayne's Wayne, Dwayne Dwayne Wade's leg does not fall off. So I think that I'm under, but just slightly on this team. Yeah, I, I already said it'd be a stay away for me. I, I lean towards the under. The parallel here is again the Washington Wizards. The Wizards won forty-six last year, and the Heat have a lot more variance, of course. But I don't think they're a ton better, given that you have to assume that Wade is going to miss time, and you have to assume that they're going to have other injury issues, you know? So, like, I, if you were to tell me that all of their guys were going to play all 82 games, of course they're better than this. But you can't expect that with this team, and that's not their goal. So I think that they're going to go under, but I, as I've said, this is the stay awayest of all stayaways. Now, here's the thing. I'm looking at the title odds for them, and I'm looking at the conference odds from them, and kind of going like, "Hmm." I don't see a way they win the title. But here's the thing: if they so if they so here here's what happens: like the way the the NBA playoffs are structured, they stop testing for any kind of medical <laughs> aid after after the first round. I'm so staying silent. You're not gonna say. I'm not gonna get you into trouble here. But what I'm saying is, like, basically, a team like the Heat or an older veteran team is kind of favored by this because, like, you know, a couple, you know, all of a sudden, like, Dwayne Wade can like jump a, another feet higher than, like, you know, like he used to five or six years ago. So I think that, like, if this team actually is in that 47 win win range, I could see this team kind of getting hot and making the conference finals. And I mean, that 14 to one number, that 40 to one number. Is very intriguing to me because again, you know, if if you're in a situation where you look at, you could always get out or middle at some point. I think fourteen to one is intriguing to me. Because let me let me say this: the forty to one I hate, the fourteen to one interests me quite a bit because I could see a way that they win the conference. I just see no way that they win the title. I want to say we are we are we are we are we are intrigued by their conference odds. And again, here's the thing: because we've already seen that the Cavs like. The Cavs get hurt, right? And 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 LeBron, if you get a LeBron injury and Kyrie's out and like you've got Love's back, then all of a sudden that's kind of a rich man's t- t- Timberwolves team. And I could totally see, you know, if LeBron's not there, I could see this Miami team. Bolster is also a better coach. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, you know what? Here's the thing: Blatt out coached the hell out of Kerr in the finals. I disagree. I disagree pretty strongly with that. Blatt, Blatt basically pulled every single. I thought Blatt did a fantastic job in the finals, 
And I think that he's underrated at this point. I mean, I think he, he, he picked up and he did. He Their ba- regular season offense was a disaster. That's fine. But he, he basically like, he, it, it's, it's like the, the boxer who like, he, he, the older boxer who has to pull all these tricks out. And I think he did as much as he could with the limited roster that he had when he got to the finals. Because they really did have a limited roster by the time they got to the finals. So I think Blatt did a really good job. And and I was impressed by that job that he did. I, right? I do not give a coach credit for playing garbage ball when that's what you have. I, I well, really don't. But he had to. I mean, like, look, you, you're there to win the game. He did what he had to do to make himself. He, they, they should have not been competitive in the finals. Well, I mean, that's that's just, I don't think that's doing anything brilliant. I mean, what you do when you're at a huge talent disadvantage is you slow the ball down and you make sure your best player has the ball. I don't think that that's okay, any so, sort of procedural genius thing well, to do. Me, I think that's what any me, smart coach does. Okay, so you think Randy Whitman would have done the same thing? That's not fair. I don't. We, you and I, n- neither of us has Randy Whitman think, in the think, top. Do you think Scotty Brooks does that? You're still digging in the bottom ten. Derek I mean, Fisher. You're still digging in the bottom ten. Like, would would Terry Stotts do it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Terry Stott would definitely do it. But, but again, I think would, would, would Billy Doc, would Billy Donovan do it? Yes, would absolutely. Doc Rivers, would Doc Rivers do it? Uh, I feel like <laughs> Doc. I feel like Doc would consider it. Yeah, I mean, I think he just he, wouldn't change his rotations. Yeah, I think like yeah, it, 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 the guys on his bench would go like, "What are you doing, coach?" But okay, you know, it's uh, yeah. The, I think, I think we, we agree. Miami is going to be really. Inter- I mean, there's a, there's a world where this team like is is there's fully healthy. Hassan Whiteside is is is, is continues to be a beast, and they're they're, they're clear fifty. But 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 there are too many ifs for me to kind of trust it, right? I, I think Dwayne Wade. I mean, Dwayne Wade could have a throwback season this year, but I mean, I. Wouldn't bet on it because I mean I just don't trust him to be healthy, right? And and that's what makes I mean again I I think that this team going in all cylinders is going to be a joy to watch because I think there's enough passing and 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 things going on where it's just intriguing. I just I just don't I can't bet I can't bet on it. They're my Eastern Time Zone League Pass favorite right now. Oh, they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be super fun to watch. Yeah, uh, so so different team now Chicago Bulls. They won 50 last year. Their over-under is set at 49.5. Oh, bang that under. Bang that under so hard. So, so hard. You and Coach Nick probably disagree on this pretty strongly. Oh, God. Bang the under. Bang, bang, bang the under. Like, okay, so here's the thing. Thibs is, is, was a really, really good coach at getting every single bit of wins you could get from the regular season. He basically just went hard at it. And so basically, I kind of expect that, like, you know, you know, he was good for five wins just because he just rode his team so hard. And I think that given that, given the fact that, like, this is an older team with, like, uh, significant injuries, the fact that they've never wanted to get a backup for Derrick Rose, which they really should have, the fact that I don't trust Noah to be healthy. I mean, there's, I mean, I think, I think where it could be interesting is, you know, and I hate this, so like, I could be really wrong if Portis is, it's just, if Portis is, you know, I think Portis is good, but Portis could be really, really good. And if Portis is really, really good and they start making some moves, like maybe to get a backup point guard, then, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm recording now. I'm saying, like, if they do that and they get somebody to replace Derrick Rose and Portis is, 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 is the next Kevin Love, then yeah, no, that's going to be over. But I do think that going to Hoiberg is a significant downgrade from, from from Thibodeau. I mean, Thibodeau was the best, one of the best uh, defensive coaches we've ever seen. And, and he I'm, had good defensive talent, and the team doesn't have good defensive talent anymore. 
Right, and I think that the the knock was like, well, you know, he, he wrote his players really hard. But if you write your players really hard, you win a bunch of games. Yeah, right? and as a regular season coach, I think that's an important distinction to make. I disagree with you a little bit, not on the Tibbs difference, but on the talent. I think their talent is a lot better this year, partially because they got Portis and because Jimmy Butler missed 20 games last year. Like, did Jimmy Butler yep. miss, miss the stretch? But because I think they're going to do a much better job of utilizing that talent on offense. And it's not like they were strong defensively last year, too. I mean, it's not like they... They're, they're not in a situation like the Pacers, where they're going to fall off on one end and the gains they make on the other end aren't going to make up for it. They are going to be worse, but I don't think it's going to be a lot. That said... While I think they're going over, I wouldn't. I would stay away pretty strongly from it. At forty nine and a half, I mean, like, it's notice just the, high. the number hasn't moved. No, but here's the thing. I think that I think the way this is going is like the sharps are going under and the the public is going over on that number. And I think that number that's why it's staying. But I would, I would, I would say, look, it just to me, Tibbs is a great coach and Hoiberg is a rich. I don't. I'm not saying Hoiberg okay. is bad. I'm, I'm gonna. Just, I'm gonna ask you a question. Dallas won fifty last year. Right. On talent. How do you compare this team to last year's Dallas team? <sighs> on talent. Ignoring coaching entirely. On talent. I think that, honestly, they're very, very similar teams, and they have the same kind of structural problems, which is they're older, and I trust the Dallas. I trust Dallas's medical staff much more than I trust Chicago's. So I would say that, I think that talent wise, they're about the same level. I, well, I think here's the thing. I think they have the, the, their best player this year is better than Dallas's was. And, and that best player is Jimmy Butler is better than like uh, anybody on Dallas last year. I do think that Dallas had like some interesting pieces. I think Carlisle is better than, than Hornibird though. And I think that, and yeah, that, that's, that's why I wanted to say on talent because I think medical staff for Dallas is plus plus over the, over the Bulls medical staff. I think that Chicago is better by a pretty decent margin, but the coach, and the other injury factors and all that kind of stuff weighs against it. But I, I think that's to me, is a good argument for why the Bulls could go over or close to this number. So that's why I would stay away from it. Yeah, I think that like Tyson Chandler is way under. You're, everybody underrates Tyson Chandler. Oh, Tyson Chandler is wonderful. Tyson Chandler is wonderful. And like, the problem is, like, if, if, here's the thing. If Noah was Noah, right, this would be a no-brainer. But it sounds like Noah isn't Noah, right? And I think that that's going to be a real problem. And Powell is getting up there. So I think that... This team is going to have a defensive problem. They're going to have a real defensive problem. That's why I kind of I feel I feel confident in the other just because of that. Because I think that like people are like oh they look good on offense yeah but but they can't protect they're not going to be able to protect the rim and I think that's going to be the problem. I, I definitely think that's fair. We'll move on to Atlanta. Atlanta won sixty last year. One of the are, biggest... are, are you on the over for this team? I'm I'm on the over, but I'd stay away. Yeah, I, so, I mean I think I think I like the under, and you're always safer better than the other. So I like yeah, the that's under. true. Do you, do you like their title, division, or conference odds? No. I think they're way too high. That, that I think you're trying to get the homer votes kind of on that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the line on this team, like Chicago is a very public team. Uh, so I think the odds, and, and what I mean by the public team is like, I mean the public likes it. That means the, so the public overbets it. Like the so, Lakers. Yeah, so that 49.5 number is, is meant to draw all the marks on the overside and all the sharps are betting under. So I think that's so I like the under and I would I would feel fairly confident uh, about it just because I mean it doesn't think, doesn't mean I think they're bad I just mean like I think that there's going to be some issues with this team. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. But we move on to Atlanta. Sixty wins last year, one of the big success stories in the league, and this number started out at forty nine and a half. It has moved up one game to fifty and a half. 
So that tells you that the sharps are betting the over. So what do you think about? I mean, that the, basically the, the the line is set that Atlanta is going to lose nine and a half right now. Nine and a half wins from last year. We loved Atlanta last year. We loved it. We wanted. Yeah, we did. To, we, we wanted to marry the over. We wanted. We loved their division odds. We loved everything about this team. So how do you feel about Atlanta at fifty and a half? I like it. I don't love it. I think that. That's to me. That's too close to what I think they're going to do for me to feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, like the, the statistical models both like it. They they both have it at fifty four and a half and fifty four and a half. Uh, the sharp money has been going up at forty nine and a half. I loved it at fifty and a half. I like it. I mean, I, I think that some injuries could take them. I, I mean, I still really like this team. I think this team is fantastically coached. I think that people underrate how good Tiago Splitter is. Right, going out and getting like Walter Tavares and like and uh, and Diallo Splitter to add to a team that's that's pretty good, man. Like Splitter is a really good rim. Now he gets hurt, but they don't need him to be there for all the time. And I think it's kind of interesting because like if Horford gets hurt, you got Splitter, and between the two of them, like I mean, they're going to be really rough. You know, they're going to be really good defensively. And there's nothing I've seen for this Atlanta team that makes me think that they're going to regress. I mean, this is a very well-run organization. They have a lot of talented players. And Except I, at the two. Well, that's. I mean, sure, right? But I, I think I, I'm comfortable enough saying I like the over, though. I mean, I mean, I don't love it. I like it. One one thing I'd like to that I honestly think has been infringing on my view of this team is I think they're a bad playoff team. I think that they're just they're what they're strong at is something that doesn't translate. But I think I'm inputting that too much on the regular season. Because they play hard, they're incredibly well coached, and they have a lot of talent. I mean, that it is true that they losing to Murray Carroll hurts them a lot. I think that that is something different. But they're more resilient to injury, both at the big man spots and at point guard, because Schroeder will be better than he was last year. Yeah, I think that, I think that you know who's really uh, Splitter is really underrated for the playoffs because Splitter has been a shutdown defender in the playoffs before. Now again, you, you have to get him healthy there, but 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 but. Not only do I like the over, but I, I like the title odds for Atlanta at 25 to 1, and I like the conference odds for them as well. I like, I like the, I, I don't love the division number, but I, I like the title and the conference number. And just because I think 25 to 1 is too, like for any team, a team that's made the conference finals, that 25 to 1 number is too low. It's, it's particularly coming out of the East is too low. I, too I can see that. See that, I, I don't, I hate, I don't like their title odds at all. But their conference odds, I think that's a nice little bit. Yeah, but if you're betting 60, if you, I mean, like, if you're saying that they're going to be... What team in the West do they beat in the finals? I mean, I think, like, with how well they're coached and the spacing that they have, I mean, like, if the, if the team that gets there is banged up, I mean, you're saying that... Well, yeah, but is a banged up team going to win the West? The, it it, it seems not. unrealistic. Well, they all, I mean, like last year, like everybody got hurt at the end. So, I mean, like, I think that, I mean, I, I think you're saying that at 16 to 1, it's 40, 40% chance. Let's say, let's say they're really good and they run away with it and they get the one seed. And they get the one seed overall and they have home court. So I'm saying, if like, Atlanta has home court, I think 25 to 1. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just saying I like the 25, I, I like the 16 to 1 probably better, but I think the 25 to 1 number is intriguing and I might look at it, see if it goes to like 30 or 40 to 1. At some see, point. I would never bet the 25, I consider the 16. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think I think we both we we both we don't we don't love him as much as we did last season, but we like them. Yeah, I I, I think that's fair. So we're both on the over on this. Yes. One. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers. They're they're won fifty three games last year. Of course, that was a season that a lot happened, and their number was at fifty six and a half, and has been pushed up to fifty seven and a half. 
Ooh, really? God, I thought I, I I thought I thought fifty six and a half was fifty six and a half was the tastiest under on the board. It's just tasty, so tasty was that under. And at fifty seven and a half, it's ridiculously tasty. You're saying that this team is like so they won fifty three games last year. You're saying this team with Kyrie hurt, with Shumpert out. You're saying with those two things going on, and like really they're they're going to basically shut it down during the season at some point. You're saying they're going to win. What is it? Five more games? No, that's not happening. I think the under. I think the under for this team is like the, it's the easiest under on the board. Like, Ky- you know, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love played a combined 150 regular season games last year. The odds of them doing that again this year are exceedingly low because that's they did 75 each. I mean, it's Kyrie's even himself is not going to do that. He's out. It, he's, he's yeah, going. he's out. He's out for a while. I mean, uh, that might not be enough to push the combined I, I, number, but I, I I can't actually believe this number went up. I mean, Shumper's out. I mean, like what's yeah, Shumper's, Shumper's out. out and I, and I literally I literally tweet out say like get grab the grab the Cavs under now. It's going to go down. I thought it was going to go down, but they're a public team. I mean, I, I, I and because they don't have an incentive, because I think that what's the story with them to me is very easy. It's that they're going to be the best team in the East. I think they're going to probably be have a little bit of a buffer, but they're not going to be ahead of the best teams in the West. So they're just going to coast. Yeah, I mean, I think they I mean, I, I think it's going to come to a situation where like they're not going to have a chance at the one seed, and they're going to. I mean, like, I mean, God, I wish I could. I mean, I wish I could take the. I mean, I, I'm probably going to consider consider the. I mean, the Bulls aren't that great, but I mean, I think that like. I mean, I, I can't like this under more. I mean, you're saying they're going to win 58. They're going to win 58 games with the current medical situation they currently have for the team. I, I can't see. I mean, I just can't see it. It's like Darius Smith is going to be playing like start. It's going to be started for them for a significant portion of the season. I'm going to say something right now that, considering what we've just said, is going to blow you away. I think that Cleveland is the most likely champion. That doesn't mean I'm saying I would bet their title odds. I think that. I'm not disagree. No, I I completely agree with you. I just think the fifty. I just think fifty-seven and a half is a ridiculous number. So do I. <laughs> and that, and that's what you're that's what you're looking for. Like if you're somebody who who bets the sports, you want to find something where even the people who like parts of their team think that it's an amazing bet. Oh, you can. I mean, like, and again, if somebody's doing it, like, look, you you bet the under on this team, and it, and it, there comes a point in the season where just start betting the game, just start betting the money on the games. If if if, it, if it's going against you, you can figure out a way out of it. I I mean, I think. I just think that 58 number is ridiculous. I mean, I, and going up, I mean, like, God, there's gotta be, there's gotta be sharps in Vegas that have, like, all the action on this. Because, again, as I said, it's like, again, I don't, I don't see how you, I mean, if, if, if you're telling me Love and LeBron and Kyrie are playing 80 games together, that's not happening. Like, LeBron took, like, two weeks off, two weeks like, sabbatical last season, right? So, I, I, I just can't see it. And the other thing is, like, there's a lot of mileage on LeBron at this point. So, I mean, I, I, and, and he, he was actually not that great last year, right? So I, I, I think this is the easiest number. I, again, I think this is one of the easiest numbers on the board. It's, it's an under and I love the under on it. Like, I, I, I'm unabashedly on the under for this team. Yeah. I love the under too. Yeah, my model, like one of my models, and, and again, I think there's something kind of, and I think it's because the way that I did the minutes, but one of them has them at 44 wins, right? And again, I think that's just assuming they just don't have these guys. I think that they're obviously, I think the other numbers are like 50. I think they're going to be like a, like a Spurs number, which is like 51, 52, right? But they won't care. And particularly since I think Chicago's not going to be any good. So I mean, I, I think like their main challenge might come from Detroit, but I don't think that's likely. But I think, I mean, I, I think if they win 51 games, they might clinch by, March, right? So it's, I can't see them winning 58 games. I just, 
It makes it, it really it might be one of those situations where if they try to win fifty eight games, it's it, it's malpractice because the, it'll be like last year where they don't have any anybody to actually play in the finals. Yeah, I, I think I think you can definitely make that point. Do, do you like do you like and I, I don't like the division conference of title odds. Nope, I don't either. Yeah. Even though I think that they will, I think that they will win all of those. I still don't like the numbers are just too strong. Do you like or love the conference uh, the the other odds? I love it. Okay, so we both love the under. Yeah. And again, it's Cavs fans, we're not saying your team is bad. We just I just we, said that I think they're the most likely champion. I, just, I love the Cavs, but not we, for that, not for this specific thing. We just think 58 is just a ridiculous number for what they're going to do this season. Yeah, there's only one team that I would consider betting the over on 50 on 57 wins and we're going to talk about them later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Ah, so that that so that is it that is it for the East. So we like uh I think we like the uh, division odds for Detroit. We like the division odds for you. Like the division odds for the Celtics. I do. I like the under for the uh, for the Bulls, and we we love the other for the Cavs. Right. And we we consider the conference odds for the Hawks intriguing. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else on the? Let's see. Uh, the Sixers over. Oh, the six. We love the Sixers overs. Yeah, we 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 think that's that's a great number, and I love I love. The oh, Knicks. and Orlando's under. Orlando's under, and I love the I love the Knicks over. I, I think the Knicks over is. You I, and I, think, I disagree on that one, but I no, we, we disagree. But I like that. Is there? Uh, so you think any? So MVP? Do you think the MVP comes out of the East? Yes, I do. Really? I think I think LeBron wins it, even though. Okay, I've I've said this already on a couple podcasts, and this it is kind of, in a way, the quintessential me thing to think, which is that LeBron will win it, but he won't deserve it. I think that the most likely Eastern MVP is not LeBron James. Intriguing. I think it, the most likely... So if I if I was had to pick from the field, right, so how does how do we get a, an MVP from... It would be from Miami, and it would be Dwayne Wade having a callback season. Right, I think I think that is the one guy I could see winning the MVP out of the East. I think I, there are two other guys that I would consider. I think Whiteside is the other possibility on that team. See, because I, somebody, I think Butler, Jimmy Butler, has outside, outside, outside chance, and John Wall. Ooh, I wish. I mean, like, here's the thing. The problem is, I, I, I really do think that the Bulls have to make a move to get him a better point guard next to him. And this is not a knock on on. It is kind of a knock on Rose. It's just I think I think Rose at this point isn't the guy that they need, or they need something to back him up, right? They need something additional, because they're going to wind up in a situation where they're going to wind up relying on Heinrich again, and it's going to be a real problem. So but I like Butler, but I, that's rough. I, I couldn't see him being the MVP. Is there anybody else? Draw, no, not draw. I'm, looking, I'm going through these teams and looking like... No. The, it would have, the, I, to me, the only realistic MVP from the East is LeBron. But I think LeBron's going to win it. I mean, but I, I wouldn't bet that. There's no chance I'd bet it. I think I mean I think that and I would lo- I'd love to check what the odds are on Wade because I mean if I f- if I felt a, a little bit better about his health I might I might consider it because I think somebody's gonna get the credit if Miami's good then somebody's gonna get the credit and it's probably gonna be Wade right but I, again I don't think it's likely that we I, I wish I could take like like the odds on on like the West winning the MVP <laughs> because <laughs> I think that I think it's very like it's more than likely that the the, the best team in the West uh, will have the MVP. That's totally and, fair. And anything else you want to say on the Eastern Conference? No, uh, I, I, as I said, I think I think the Eastern Conference is better than it was last year. I don't think they're about to write the history. I mean, they're they're not they're not as good as the West, but I think it's. I don't think a sub five hundred team gets in this year. I think yeah, I think that's definitely fair. 
That concludes the Eastern Conference portion of the Overrunners with Arturo Gulletti. Thanks again for him, to him for coming on. You can read Arturo at basketballnumbers.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Arturo Gulletti, A-R-T-U-R-O-G-A-L-L-E-T-T-I. And as we talk about during this, we split the East and West into two. The East we recorded first, I edited first, and we'll be, you know, you just listen to it as you be out first, but the West will be out soon. I'm hoping to get it done quickly. There's a possibility I might save it for Monday. I'm just trying to figure out as soon as I can get it done. But also put out some wonderful material with Baxter Holmes, the Pacific Division. Seth Partnow did the, and we did a season preview of the entire season of both conferences and all that kind of stuff. And then... Yeah, it's good. there's a lot of content. I also have written for the Sporting News, have some other things. We're in this moment where I want to get a bunch of things done before the season starts because there will be so much to talk about then and things like predictions. And something we talked about in this that comes up a lot, and I'm going to write a piece on it, is the concept of pick protection. I think that it is a underrated, underappreciated part of this world that we live in, and I think that it will loom large this year. Not early, not early, but late. And so you can keep an eye on that. If you have any feedback, you can reach out to me at Danny LaRue on Twitter, D-A-N-N-Y-L-E-R-O-U-X. Or you can email me, MBA at gmail.com. It is a dedicated email for that sort of thing. If it doesn't fit in a tweet, do it that way. As I always say, I read everything. I respond to as much as I can. And I appreciate it. You know, that's the way that we make this better. We got a lot of positive feedback from this podcast, and Arturo and I love doing it, so we were going to do it anyway, but we we love doing it, and we were so thrilled that people were looking forward to it, and people asked us when we were going to do it again. So thank you so much for listening. Take care, and make it a great day. Let the celebration begin. Come to Cabela's 4th of July sale and gear up for Independence Day. Get 50% off Cabela's American Flag Chairs 2-Pack and 50% off a Caravan 10-foot by 10-foot shelter. Plus, get 40% off an Abu Garcia Cardinal Sapphire Spinning Combo and 10% off all in-stock canoes and kayaks. Don't miss Cabela's 4th of July sale in-store and online at cabelas.com. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy. Without all the extra drama. I even had a gift Run to Old Navy for revolutionary prices on summer's most stylish shorts. Tomorrow only, they're all 50% off for the whole family. All your favorite shorts, denim, linen, all of them. All shorts are 50% off tomorrow only. Run to Old Navy. Valid 630 excludes active.